the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, sports finally return as Major League Baseball kicks off their season. The new Seattle hockey team finally gets an awesome team name while Washington football announces a temporary one. And the most 2020 fight that we could ever imagine has been announced. In the second half, we examine the rise of UFC with the ESPN 30 for 30, Chuck and Tito. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. What up, everybody? It's Mac. And I am Heather. I let Jesus take the wheel and he's driving me right off a cliff, Lewis. (laughs) And joining us tonight from his new home in Washington. Hello, everyone from the Pacific Northwest. Number one fan here. We're going to be visiting. We're going to be visiting your uh, your neck of the woods here tonight in a little bit. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, I mean, yay, it's opening day. Uh, you know, that's all well and good. We have sports back. Yes, we have some sports, uh, but there Real are other legitimate sports. Yes, and not that bullshit car racing. <laughs> and the UFC <laughs> was going on, all right? Yeah, but let's face it, we're getting creepy island vibes from Dana White these days, James, and he, that's not he okay. Is, he is a comic book villain. That's yeah. Cool. Hey, those were good fights. I watched them on the road. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, they, the, the cards, I mean, I don't know about you, James, but I thought they've been kind of hit or miss since they were like being <clears> the only game in town, but. It's because I mean, he needs to put on a certain number of shows to get that ESPN money. Yep. That's, that's why. Heather, yeah. how are you doing this week? Oh, I'm not great this week. I am not. Um, but it's okay. It's all right. Uh, I'll get through it. That's because that's what I do. Um, so, yeah. I've had better days, but it's okay. It's it, it, It'll be all right. It'll be okay. Everything will be good. Um, all well, right, stop, stop it. That's way too much optimism for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're not uh, we, knock we, it off right now. We, we are not Casey and the Sunshine band no, over no. All right. This Heather's is, not a goddamn delight tonight. This is this is cynical. No. <laughs> not, to, not today. She is always a delight. It's the rest of the world that's fucked up, all right? That's that's that's, that's, that's you know exactly what? that that is the official show party line there. Um mm-hmm. Heather's a delight, the rest of the world sucks. <laughs> well, I'm doing pretty well. I uh I guest appeared on a show last night that was kind of fun. Um, shout out to what the game means to me podcast for having me on to talk, uh, you know, represent my Browns in a battle of the ASC North. Uh, yeah, I tuned in for a little bit. I watched I saw it. that. I did. I did. It, it was a good time. Um, my, my whole philosophy was it's 2020. Why not Cleveland at this point? I mean, yeah, uh, I'll tell you why not Cleveland because it's fucking Cleveland. Okay. But it's 2020, but and it would really fit listen. Perfectly. Listen, no. Mac. I feel like we are at the perfect level of Jumanji for like this to happen. Yeah, but see, the the fact of the matter is, it's it's a Cleveland team, and Cleveland finds a way to Cleveland it, so they would be up in the third quarter and blow it in the fourth. 
Yeah, I think I said that I fully expect that Cleveland will do Cleveland things and beat Baltimore in both games, but lose both games uh, against the New York teams. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll do something crazy like that. Or, or like they they beat Baltimore in the regular season and then shit the bed in like the wild card round of the playoffs. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, our lead story tonight, as we touched on earlier, baseball has returned. Yeah, I'm, the, I I got my I got my tribe jersey on right now. So, or the whatever. First the, of the major sports leagues opened their season tonight after a delay due to coronavirus. With the Yankees playing at Washington, that game's supposed to be followed by the Giants at the Dodgers. Uh, the game is currently in a rain delay because, of course, it is. Uh, uh, that's very 2020 of it. Yeah, it's the top of the six with the Yankees leading 4-1. Dr. Anthony Fauci threw out the first pitch, and in lieu of kneeling during the national anthem, both teams kneeled as one beforehand, holding a single long black cloth that stretched from one end of one team to the opposite end of the other team. Yeah, and the coaches stood from what I read. Um, That part I didn't see. The message boards were afire with... MLB is canceled. I'll never watch another game. This is horseshit. Um, and then my favorite was what the Red Sox put up, uh, big Black Lives Matter and the Boston script, which I fully support. And I think it's about time coming from fucking Boston. Uh, and I think we all know what I'm alluding to there. Um, and, and people just being so full of piss and vinegar about it. And it's like, dude, this is important. Uh, and you know, it needs to be said. So I agree with it wholeheartedly. And if you don't, you can suck a dick. Um, I just, <laughs> you know, Mike pulling the punches there. Uh, uh, oh, listen, we, we already set the tone yesterday with that little <laughs> Facebook exchange where some, <laughs> where some dude tried to tell me that the Indy 500 is the most watched single day sporting event in the world. Oh, Jesus I, Christ. I did speak to him after the fact. And even though I didn't get it from his post, apparently he was speaking as to attendance. No, it's not. No, no it's, it's still not. <laughs> anyway. No. Uh, back to baseball. Uh, Geo Stanton opened the season with a two-run blast in the top of the first. Um, but the, yeah, again, it, the game did enter a rain delay in the t- in the top of the sixth. The Yankees up four-one. Yeah, and ESPN decided to let me know in their you know lack of stats that it was a record-setting night because Stanton hit a home run as the DH in an NL-hosted game, the first time ever. And I'm like, dude, you're you're reaching, okay? The DA should be universal. All right. I would rather watch Stanton hit bombs than fucking, you know, uh, Wainwright, Adam Wainwright from the Cardinals swing and miss four times in a given night if he's throwing eight innings. You know, so I'm, I'm just OK. You know, I'm all right with that. Overshadowing that first game is uh, an announcement that was made right before the season started and major league baseball has announced that they would be expanding this year's playoffs to 16 teams for just this season. Um, It was one of the, uh, the contended points of the agreement to restart the season, but it'll mean that the top two teams in each division plus two wild cards will make the playoffs. Uh, They will do a one verse eight, two verse seven style tournament. Um, the playoffs will feature a three-game wild card series, all in the top, the higher-seeded teams' stadium. 
uh, eat, and then uh, a five-game divisional round, seven games each for the league championship and the World Series. I see. I don't understand why you would do seven games for anything but the World Series at this point. Just do five. You know, like you, you're already playing a truncated season with an expanded playoff field. Just do five games. You know, I mean, these guys, you know, couldn't do organized team activities until a few weeks ago. You know, I don't know. It just seems like you're you're possibly putting guys in a at a risk for injury, and uh, you know, I, I, more you know, putting all that baseball into a short time frame, and then trying to figure out how to jumpstart next season. Yeah, you know, is going to be kind of tricky, I think, as well. Um, it does mean that a single team faces a maximum of twenty two extra games, and Major League Baseball will have an extra sixty five potential games. Yeah, well, I mean. They want that. It's money, money, money. Uh, also want to give a shout out to the San Francisco Giants and Alyssa Nacken, I believe is her name. Uh, Nacken became the first woman to coach in an on-field capacity in Major League Baseball. Nacken, who joined the team as a baseball operations intern in 2014, served as first base coach during an exhibition game on Monday. So shout out to her. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's about fucking time, man. Uh, you know, I, I might bag on Dana White and his uh, late arrival to, you know, allowing women to compete in his sport. But I think the ladies have shown that they are just as capable, if not more so, uh, than the dudes of being able to run teams and run camps and things like that. So it's about fucking time. Yeah. Uh, well, turning to our second big story of the day, uh, the NHL has announced finally the name, logo, and jersey for the 32nd team to join the league. And I have to say, I'm excited about this one. Uh, the team name is the Seattle Kraken, uh, a name chosen out of more than 1,000 potential mascots. And they will take the ice in 2021 for the 2021-2022 season. Um, I like the sweaters. I, I really dig the sweaters. Yeah, I like the color scheme and, and the logo. I think they did a really good job. Um, I'm glad they didn't go with the old Supersonics colors, which was one of the options. Yeah. Um, you know, like that Kelly green and gold. Like, nah, I mean, it's whatever. But, like, those sweaters look good. Um, now, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what the NHL does with the expansion draft because – I don't think they want to see them in the Stanley Cup finals in the first year. <laughs> you don't want a repeat of the uh, the Las Vegas. Nights. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really think they'll they'll do something to change it up. What do you Everything think? Everything I read today said that they were going to use the same rules they did for the. Really? Nights. Yeah. Really? Everything I read. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, they're both in the West. Can you imagine like a Western Conference finals with Seattle and fucking Las Vegas? Yes, please. You know? All the all like the all those old school teams are like fuck those guys, man. You know, <laughs> stupid millennials. Yeah, I have to say those uniforms. I love the logo. The colors are great. Um, I would like to officially submit the trench or the abyss as the nickname for the the uh, the arena mm -hmm. uh, because I think that would be on theme and be badass. Well, I personally know. prefer the abyss. Yeah. yeah, and I, I'm sure you could probably hit up their their public affairs people on social media, mm -hmm. Tim. So there you go. Don't think I already haven't. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Mm -hmm. You're a yep. you're such you're such a fucking 
nerd, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think, you know, it would be on theme and be a badass name to go after, you know, the Abyss or name it after the Marianas Trench. Yeah, I mean, it's a it, name. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, there's a lot you can do with the it. The problem is yeah. right now, it's something like the, like, the green something because they want to make it like the a zero emissions carbon footprint. Uh, yeah, like a green thing. arena type yeah. thing. Yeah. So, but they got that Amazon money, so they could probably do that. Yeah. 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 I, um, I mean, they're, they're, it's going to have a Seattle that Starbucks to money, too. So, yeah. And that Microsoft money and, mm-hmm. you know, big tech, you mm-hmm. know, but I mean, It'll be an NHL team with Seattle flair to it. You know, I mean, it, it's this gives, you know, 25 more players jobs and I'm OK with that. Yeah. Plus yeah. all the other uh, the team staff yeah. and all yeah. that. That's a lot of jobs created there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and this this will probably put an end to expansion. Um, I yeah, think 32 is about as big as you can go in professional sports. Well, no, I mean, just in. The, the American model, yeah, but I mean, you have uh, since we don't have competitions with other nations, you know, we can't have small leagues, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I mean, it. I, I think thirty-two is a good round number, you know. Yeah. yeah. What's going to be interesting is I haven't seen anything about how realignment will take place because they're joining the Pacific. Uh, division, yeah, which already but, has one more team than what is it, the Central? Yeah, but let's face it, this is the NHL. They realign every three years now, so, you know. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, you can't keep up with all the realignment, man. I remember when they moved, what was it, Detroit moved wet to the west? No, from the west to, west the, east. to the east. From the west to the east, yeah. Yeah, and everybody just threw a fit. And it's just like, bro, what do you need 58 teams in the west? You know, like, I mean, balance it out a little bit. And I'm sorry. Michigan's on the eastern side of the Mississippi. And for me as a sports fan, that's the dividing line between east and west, man. Like, they should have been in the east anyway. Yeah. But uh, Chicago and Nashville are still in the east. Yeah, well. I mean, the west. Yeah. It's, uh, dude, like I said, I don't understand Gary Bettman. I have no idea what he's doing. I think he just puts a map up with pictures of the teams, like, right over the cities. And he just throws darts. And that's how he comes up with who's going to be in what division, you know? That's yeah. probably true. Um, I, ha- I have to say, I think I'm already adopting the Kraken as my number two team. Uh, the Wings are always number one. I was born and raised on them. My number two team has kind of bounced around depending on who I feel like cheering on when I'm not cheering on the Wings. Um, but I, th- I think it's going to settle on the Kraken. I, I, I don't understand the the number two team. I have a team and a team I, only. I was going to say, I am contemplating dropping my team to pick a team that's local-ish for me. Um, I would not do that with my last local-ish team. Um, <laughs> however. I, uh, I, I feel bad for you, James. You picked the Seattle team and then the league went under. Yeah, know? I was so pissed. <laughs> I can't take it again, all right? I can't take it again. Well, see, we'll see. this is this is where I'm lucky. You know, in, in Louisiana, we don't, Hockey's not really much of a thing, so uh, I never really had a, a team per se. So, so you get to jump right on that. I crack get to and... jump right on it uh-huh. and ride it like a girl at a bachelorette party on a mechanical bull. 
it's going to be fun too to see the uh, natural rivalry that's going to develop 150 miles up the road with Vancouver. Yeah, uh, I mean, it depends if if Seattle plays the expansion draft the way Vegas did. Yeah. Um, but if not, if they end up like the Columbus, uh, kind of Nashville, you know, Atlanta Thrashers esque, uh, expansion teams, they're going to suck dick for at least 10 years, man. But, you know, that's true. Um, Moving on to Washington, the Washington football team announced that actually that will be their official name for the time being. Uh, After shedding their longtime controversial moniker, the team announced that they will just be known as the Washington football team pending decision and approval of a new team name. Um, What's really fun, though, is the rumor that's been circulating lately is a Redditor has uncovered a recent domain registration for the DC Sentinels calling back to the Washington Sentinels from the Keanu Reeves movie, the replacement. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I want the DC Sentinels. Only, uh, only if at their first game, Keanu, Keanu flips is the out coin. there. That's right. right. No, I, I, I want Keanu under center, James. That's what I want. <laughs> also, also acceptable. Okay, yeah. if he if he's not under center for the first snap, this is not worth it. I mean, um, he he might be better than Haskins. Yeah, yeah, you watch your mouth. Um, no, what's funny, <laughs> what, what's funny is a Snyder. Uh, you know, the Washington Post uh, reported that he, he's filed for 42, 42 copyright claims for possible names. Oh, so yeah, I don't think they're going to open this one up to the public. Um, I think this one's going to be old Danny Snyder's prerogative, um, at least until Goodell tells him he has to sell the team because he's running a fucking dumpster fire of an organization. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I what kills me is is he's so American, he's so raw America that he couldn't even go Washington Football Club because it's smacks of soccer, mm-hmm. right? You know? Right. Yeah. He, he had to go with Washington Football Team. It's Listen. very reminiscent of the soccer model, but I mean, it's... the thing is, is I get it, you know, like a lot of those teams that, that go by like, uh, like I, I, I'm not a big EPL guy, like, so I don't know, but you know, like they ended up with a mascot of some sort, like Munster rugby, their mascot's a stag, yeah. you know, but it's not the Munster stag. It's just the, you know, Munster rugby club, you know, right, so it's, right. it's, it's it's just like, bro, just fucking run with it. Washington FC, man, fuck it. You know? I'm okay with it. I'm totally okay with it. You know? But, you know, like I said, he's so America. He had to go with Washington football team. I'm just like, dude, it sounds well, like it's better, it's better than what it was, but it still sounds like shit. Well, yeah. at least Washington can do one thing right. Um, following all these allegations of sexual harassment, uh, it was announced this week that Julie Donaldson would become the new lead play-by-play announcer for radio. Um, Donaldson becomes the first woman in NFL history to fill such a role. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's about time. Uh, you know, there are amazing sports cast, female sports casters and sports writers. And, you know, women have been a big part of reporting the sport uh, for a long time. So why, why has this taken so long? But I imagine that 
they're going to be people that look at her the way they looked at the woman they moved into the Sunday night baseball booth on mm. ESPN uh, when they started throwing a shit fit about her. And it's just like, dude, you know, I, I just, I don't well, understand these fucking people. We all know sports are for men um, <laughs> and only for men. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And therefore, Absolutely. we can't let women into our club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I'm going to go ahead on record and saying I like clubs with women in them because they typically are neater, the conversation's better, and they smell better than dudes. No matter what, women always smell better than men. Yeah. And and let's let's not pull any punches. Heather made our show way better. Way fucking better. <laughs> way better. <laughs> arguable but yeah no my uh, my best friend jake that's that's what he says about um about women is that they they're soft and they smell good so that's uh yeah well i mean but yeah no no, listen i cannot tell (laughs) y'all how many conversations that i get like verbally shoved out of because i have a vagine like it happens all the time and it and it's and it especially too like even at work, and I, and I, I get that, you know, I, I can be kind of an anomaly of sorts, but not really, because you're getting a lot more girls that are into sports and that can, you know, talk football and stuff. But, yeah, it always throws people for a loop um, at work when I could, like, really, like, talk, especially, like, college ball or whatever. They're like, oh, oh, she she does know. I'm like, well, no, I just pulled all of this out, you know, out of out of the crack of my ass. Just the to colors make you are happy. pretty. All right, she yeah. likes the pretty colors. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's how I pick my winners. Yep. It's just that's it's the colors. You know, maybe I might like the mascot if their mascot's cute. You the know, quarterback's butt. Yeah, definitely that. You know, I I need to make sure to you know that the that the fight song is really like peppy enough and yep. yeah, it's all of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I'm glad to see things moving in the right direction, you know, absolutely. Even if it is at a snail's pace. Well, progress is progress. Okay. Yeah. But that part, I'd like to light fires behind people. So they move quicker and we can like, cause you honestly, you want to know who I don't want to hear call sport ever again. Joe fucking buck. I swear to God, (laughs) if I had to hear his mouth again, I'm going to take two Q-tips and just jam them in both of my ears until I hit brain and just fall over dead. Honestly, how does Mina Kimes not have more of a prominent role? Dude, she called games for the Rams uh, two summers ago. She called the preseason games. Yeah. You know? How how does she not have a, a play-by-play role? Let, let's re- let's let's start a petition to replace Joe Buck with Mina Kimes. Well, they both they both work for different networks, and I don't really want to see Mina leave. That's ESPN, fair. So. Uh, let's turn to the most 2020 news of the day. Um, Mike Tyson has announced that he is coming out of retirement for an eight round exhibition match against Roy Jones Jr. And that's not even the craziest story from the bout. The undercard matchup in a match that can only describe be described as peak 2020 is going to feature YouTuber Jake Paul taking on former NBA player Nate Robinson and what I uh go home I, 2020 it, just yeah go home. just yeah I don't, I don't even know what you're doing 2020 no um yeah 
But, I mean, I'm a huge boxing fan. We all know that. And Roy Jones Jr., until he met Antonio Tarver, was one of the best fighters to ever put gloves on. Uh, And after that fight, it exposed his chin, which was then bashed in for the next 10 years as he fought anything. Because either, like James and I were talking earlier today, it's one of two reasons. He wanted the money or he just couldn't hang him up. You know? And granted, Mike Tyson hasn't fought in close to, what, 20? Uh, He he hasn't stepped foot in the ring since 2005. Okay. 15 years. 15 years. Okay, and the, the last time he was in the ring, this was a wash to Mike Tyson. You know, this, yeah. he was he was done. Uh, and granted, Tyson at 54 looked really good in the videos that came out. Uh, I'm not denying that. But he doesn't look bad bad in the uh, in the Shark Week videos on Hulu. Yeah, you know, but it's like, dude, um, like for Roy <laughs> Jones, like I, I was, I'm with you, James. I want Tyson to hit him once in the gut, and that just that's it. It's over. Yeah, that's what me yeah. and Mac were talking about earlier. Yeah. I, what really concerns me is I watched an interview with Tyson today, and he said he was asked like specifically, um, you know, why come back at 54. And he said, because I can do it. And I believe others believe they can too. And then when asked, how do you believe you can do it safely? He said, well, we're both accomplished fighters and it's an eight round exhibition fight. It will be all right. And I'm just like, he said, oh, wait, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, wait, wait. oh, no, there's, there's, there's a little more to that. He said that. Yeah. Exhibition. At the 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 Bithin. Okay. So Mike, said, if you listen to this, I didn't say that. Okay, yeah. please don't punch me. <laughs> I need my pretty face. He also said, just because we are 54, it doesn't mean we have to start a new career yeah. and our lives are totally over. Not when you feel as beautiful as I do. And I'm sure that other people feel the same way. So all I want now is for the equivalent of the senior PGA Tour for boxing. Um, yeah, dude, let, me, let me tell you what... <laughs> gave me the biggest giggle is whenever I was reading about it or whatever. Um, it, so there's not going to be any headgear and they likely will be wearing bigger than normal gloves. Okay. <laughs> so listen, you know what I had in my head, you know, those big like inflatable ones, like that you do to like, that are so massively big that you do for like parties and stuff yes, yes. To, to like, punch each other with that's what i have in my head and i am picturing the biggest giggle i am picturing the gloves uh i've talked about that game show don't there's one where mm-hmm. it's like don't mm-hmm. don't hit uh don't hit yourself and it's yep. just those giant gloves yeah yeah let, let's see him fighting those yeah i would rather see him get those styrofoam hulk hands and do it yes yes yeah those hulk hands I just don't want to see it. No, I don't either. <laughs> I, I'm, I love Mike Tyson. I have since I was a kid. Um, the first fight I ever won money on was the Tyson Holyfield fight. Um, the ear biting. The ear biting. The infamous ear biting one. So thanks for that, Mike. I won like eighty dollars. Um, and I love, I love Tyson. I love him as a person. <clears throat> His book was incredible, but he does not need to be in a ring. No. And I don't know what doctor they're going to pay off so that they can fight, but you're putting those dudes at risk. They're, they're, 
they're going to use the uh, the Hamilton dual rules. They're going to pay him <sighs> off and around. spin him around so he yeah. has deniability. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I don't know what sanctioning body in their right mind is going to do it, but it'll happen. Um, but like Roy Jones was fighting like literal like nobodies yep. and, and and getting knocked out violently at the end of his career. So I, I don't know what good this is. Like, I understand where he's coming from. I'm 54. I feel good physically. Let's do this. Um, but I would have rather seen him fight like Bernard Hopkins, you know, a, mm-hmm. a man who, who isn't punch drunk, who was a world champ at the age of 52. So, you know, I, I just, I think this is a, a bad idea. And again, James, I hope Tyson just hits him with one of those body shots in the first mm-hmm. round. And then that's it. Like game over. Yep. It's done. And we don't have to watch Roy Jones get just, or, or even Tyson. Or Tyson, yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't want I don't want to see either of them just getting battered around for eight fucking rounds. I, man. I don't want th- three to four years in the future see Tyson looking like Muhammad Ali did at the end. Mm-hmm. It's hard to watch. Yeah, I don't want that for either one of them. Yeah, right. I I, I think as, as fans of combat sports, I don't like this. I don't want I don't want that fate for any any yeah. fighter and i think a lot of the fighters now are getting much smarter uh mm-hmm. and saying you know what at this point the juices worth the squeeze i want my faculties when i'm older you know i've been uh, smart with my money or you know whatever the case is and they're walking away a little earlier and i think that's a good thing mm-hmm. um you know that way you don't have roy jones jr fighting until he's 45 you know and and just getting bludgeoned to to nothing over his last 10 fights so um now, as far as the undercard goes, <laughs> so so let let's start with who belongs in this ring less: Tyson and Jones, or Robinson and Paul. Well, Paul, this is like his third little third. exhibition fight. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, his first one. I watched both of them today. They're not great. His first one, they had headgear. His second one, I don't know where the dude he was boxing learned to box, but apparently they taught him to, like, crouch down on where your knees are almost bent and swing your head into your opponent's fist. Um, oh. <laughs> it's a technique. Yeah. It's a yes. technique, but yes. I don't recommend it. It's a um, bold strategy. Yeah, it didn't work out for him. Yeah. Uh, and some of the stuff I read is basically the internet looks at the dude like he's a bully. Um, and only picks dudes to fight that he can beat. And watching those two fights, I believe that. Um, I watched some videos of Robinson hitting the pads and he looked decent. Like he definitely has taken like two or three beginners classes at the Y with the, uh, (laughs) soccer moms. Um, you know what? Listen, listen, we have to learn somehow. Okay. And it can be very intimidating to do it with a bunch of boys. I'm not against that. That's fine. Like do you boxing to stay in shape? That's cool. But boxing is a brutal sport Yep. and you could get hit in the face and never be the same again. Is it worth it to call a dude out on TMZ? Is your life worth it? Yeah. No, it's not. It's, yeah, I I don't, I don't understand why these things keep getting sanctioned. Like, why is 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 Paul still getting sanctioned to go fight in a ring? You know, it makes no fucking sense to me. Done. You know, yeah. I just uh, I, it, whatever promotion company's putting this shit on uh, needs to be beaten with a sock full of quarters. You know, like this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. 
Well, our final topic uh, of the news section is that college football is inching closer and closer to the inevitable canceling of the season. Uh, Friday, the NCAA is expected to vote to cancel fall sports tournaments. Uh, while the vote wouldn't affect the bowl season for FBS, it is believed to be the first domino in the road to no college football in 2020. Yeah, and I, I mean, this is this is the NCAA board, which is made up of like collegiate presidents and chancellors. Uh, you know, people that focus on the overall health of the university. Um, you know, this isn't fucking, you know, the power five, which is largely autonomous, you know, they kind of run their own affairs along with ESPN. Um, and this is those college presidents flexing on those two groups of assholes. Um, you know, and I think this is a good thing. I mean, you've got other conferences that have already canceled the fall season. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and honestly, what's the point? I mean, you know, we know I love college football, but what's it? Part of the game is seeing a hundred thousand plus people in these stadiums. You know, students, alumni, fans. You know, all cheering for these teams. And there's no way in hell, no way in hell, uh, you know, state health directors are going to let even half those stadiums. Be oh no! Yeah, you know? no, absolutely no. not. I mean, look, look at the ordeal that the Blue Jays are going through trying to find a play. Uh, you know, a stadium to play in. The state of Pennsylvania told the Toronto Blue Jays, no, you may not play games here in Pittsburgh. So now they, they're looking at Camden Yards in Baltimore and the Maryland health director is even talking about not letting them play there. So yeah. how, how the fuck do you think this is going to unfold? You know, um, I, I think it's a good thing. It's time to start getting power away from these conferences, mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, that are, are setting up that program, you know, that, that system of haves and haves not, you know, have nots, you know, and, and putting the focus more on, you know, the mission of the, of the university rather than just, Hey, we have to have this powerhouse football program. Da, 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 da. That should be icing on the cake, not the cake itself, you know? And, um, I wonder, like, I'm really curious to see how Mark Emmer takes news of that, uh, when he's in front of Congress trying to beg for an antitrust exemption. Mm -hmm. You know? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> All the stuff I read today, and I went on a little deep dive today. Um, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You gotta be careful when you're discussing the NCAA do a deep I, dive, man. Yeah, yeah, what are they gonna do to me? What are they gonna yeah. do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm right here. I'm never gonna go to college. Joke's on you, NCAA. Um, <laughs> so, my favorite quote I found all day was from an unnamed Supreme Court justice that said, <laughs> I want to get this right. The NCAA acts as a cartel and cartels don't get antitrust exemptions. Educational institutes do. Nice. Yeah. And I love that they look at the NCAA as a cartel because they fucking are. Yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'd say the NCAA is every worse than OPEC, every bit worse than OPEC, you know? Mm -hmm. Anybody have any guesses on who that was? That was the notorious RBG. Oh, yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you, really, do you really think Alito is going to say <laughs> some shit like that? Or, uh, or uh, uh, Edward, or fuck, uh, you know, the Chief Justice. Robert. Roberts, Roberts, yeah, John Roberts. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, I I say maybe Sotomayor would say it, but she, I mean, I hate to say this, I've read a couple of uh, her opinions from the bench, and she doesn't seem like she's kind of forceful. What she's very analytical in her writing, so I don't see her being forceful in conversation. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. All right. Well, let's turn to the back half where this week we watched ESPN's 30 for 30, Chuck and Tito. The documentary showed the rise of UFC and mixed martial arts fighting. And at the center of its rise were Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz, who had almost WWE level personas and rivalries. Yeah, I mean, I was a Chuck guy. I hated Tito. Um, I just I I appreciated Liddell for his work ethic, um, you know, how he just kind of quietly carried himself there you know i mean fuck james the guy i think the first five years he fought i heard him say like 10 words you know like he just yeah you know he didn't say much um i was well, I but he I, didn't have to though yeah yeah he let his uh, fist do the talking yeah, his fist definitely did the talking yeah um but it was funny watching the growth of the sport uh prior to chuck and tito kind of hitting center stage like it was slow, it was incremental. Um, you know, a lot of that was with the public perception of the sport. But when Chuck and Tito got there, you kind of had this, uh, you know, like a MMA boom, um, where it saw like this astronomic growth. Uh, you know, so those two were very instrumental in 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 kind of building the sport, um, like right place, right time. But I thought what I I think was great was when Dana was talking about the sparring session with Tito mm-hmm. and Chuck mm-hmm. and he's talked about that body shot and T- Dana's like I went to I went to Lorenzo and was like this is the guy this is the guy See, we're going to build on you know <laughs> here's the problem with that and I'm going to get a little technical for a second and it, it, it pissed me off because sparring shortens careers boxing MMA kickboxing doesn't matter it shortens careers Chuck knew that from an early age from an early not early age in fighting so he was like okay well he's down I'm not going to beat his head in yeah. One, he's not learning anything, and two, it's going to hurt him. What good is he going to be going into the fight with a concussion? Yeah. And you had these camps back then that would just – like sparring sessions were just – they were fights. Yeah. You try to knock each other out and to prove you're the toughest guy in the gym. And you know that took years off guys' careers, whereas today you know, there are some guys that only spar four or five times in a camp. Yeah. Donald Cerrone for a couple of his fights didn't spar at all. And I'm talking fights he won. Yeah. Because he was so fresh, so I actually was real. I really liked Chuck's like mentality on it. I like that. Yeah, I mean Chuck, he was. You could tell like he he started a uh, Kempo, you know, kind of like in a backyard gym at a, at a mm-hmm. really young age. And it, even his coach then, who you could argue was kind of an old school dude, had like really kind of modern training techniques mm-hmm. for his students. And I, I thought that was a great point. That, you know, he wasn't just going to kick his skull in while he was down. But, I mean, I I, it's funny. You get this collegiate championship wrestler, and we see this a lot now, uh, that make the transition from college wrestling where they were dominant. And then they go into the MMA game and realize, well, I don't know how to throw a punch or kick very well. Talking to you, you, Ben Askren. Yeah, fucking Askren. Oh, my God, dude. I fucking hate him. Oh, he's just so boring. <laughs> Never mind. So but, and I, I digress. Um, yeah. But but like Tito had the personality and, mm-hmm. and kind of like the, the promotional chops that the UFC needed. 
But as far as like being a good technical fighter, he, early on he got away with a lot because he was so much more physically talented than the people he fought. But when you get into the ring with like the Couture's, who was fucking owning people until he was in his mid forties, and well, got, got yeah. him if he doesn't look amazing for his age during the interviews. I was like, I look twenty years older than Randy Couture. Okay, like. <laughs> This isn't fair. <laughs> Speaking of looks, can we just take a second to laugh at early UFC Dana White? Yes, oh my we can. God. <laughs> because Heather and I did. Yeah, yes. we did. Listen, and I was telling James, too, when I was watching it, I was like, his teeth make me uncomfortable. The yep. yeah. hairline dude was skinny, scrawny, like his just whenever he would open his mouth and talk and I would see his teeth like it just it like ugh, ugh. it's so gross. Like I saw that I was like, wait, that's that's Dana White? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, mean, I was never into UFC. You know, I, I've I've long established UFC is not my thing, but I only know like Dana White now. Yeah, uh, I mean, and to see Dana White in what was that like late 90s, mid 90s, mid 90s? Yeah. Oh, my God, I lost it. Well, dude, I mean, is there anybody who's the king of right place, right time more than Dana fucking White? I mean, he talks Lorenzo for Tita and then dropping a couple mil to buy UFC and it blows up. Right. And then he and for sell their shares where Dana White. Uh, reportedly walked away with over $300 million from the sale of his stock, then got stock in the new company. And then uh, he's reportedly to make almost $40 million a year running the UFC. Like, right place, right time, bro. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's fucking, it, it's crazy to think about. I mean, because yeah. he, was, he was a washed out boxer when, when he got involved. You know, that's exactly what he was. Um. But yeah, I mean, I thought that was great, like getting, especially meeting the guy, like seeing the interviews with the guy who started it was like, yeah, man, we're going to make this cage. We're going to, we're going to oh, electrify man. it, you know? <laughs> he is a character. Oh, or, or, or the, the tank of sharks. Yeah. Like. That's my favorite idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how, how Austin Powers is that? I need. Yeah. Why can't I get a shark with a freaking laser on its head? You know, like. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a rare person that I love. The early UFC because of the spectacle of it. Yeah. Um, when uh, and I in the documentary Ken Shamrock's talking about when uh, was it Gajar Gajar Godot, I would say his name jacked up kicks the sumo dude in the head. Yeah. And his tooth goes oh flying god. out. Yeah. Oh my god, I saw That's that. That's not even the best knockout from the early UFCs. No. No. Gary no. But Goodrich I watching that. I was like, oh my god. Watching Gary Goodrich elbow a dude into oblivion and the guy's out and like. I think it might have been Big John at the time was like, uh, I think I stop it now. Do I stop it? Yeah. Like, okay, now I stop it. <laughs> like, I loved it. It was, it was awesome. Well, that's what got us all hooked, man, was the spectacle, you know? And then they had like the, we're going to have these different mixes of styles. And then like, I can't remember the dude's name, but like he came out and said his fighting style was ninja, you know, like. Oh, God, Yeah. Now, the best one, though, from UFC 1, I can't remember his name, goes against Hoist Gracie, has a boxing glove on. His yeah. reason for having a boxing glove on is he's going to throw so many jabs, he doesn't want to break his hand. Yeah. And then so, tapped out in the mount. 
Yeah, I mean, not even a it, submission. Mm-mm. You know, and and it's just crazy that uh, we we go from that, and guys got really uh, varied in their, mm-hmm. um, you know, in their fight approaches. Like, I can't just be a good stand-up fighter. I have to be uh, competent on the ground, you know. Yep. And then you look at a guy like Chuck Liddell, who started specifically on his feet and really trained hard to be a, a good, competent, you know, he, he could defend against takedowns. He's pro- he's not going to choke you out, um, mm-hmm. but, he, you know, he, he was competent uh, and it really complemented his game well. Um, seeing how those guys matched up against like real gra- dominant ground people like Ortiz was, um, you know, before. Before Ortiz tried to make that transition into I'm going to stand and trade, and it never it didn't really work out for old Tito. Um, but you know, it seeing the how it kind of unfolded there, like we get the early history, and then we get Chuck and Tito finally, you know, and how you know they went from being in the same camp and they trained at the same gym to just fucking arch nemesis, you know, for each other. Um, and, fire and, and ice, but baby, yeah, fire yeah. and ice. Well, well, I mean, it, wasn't it petty as fuck that Chuck got so butthurt about Ortiz just selling a fight? You know, like, I, 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 I've I, never quite understood. I know you go into these gyms and they call each other teammates, but this is an individual sport. Yeah. You know, it's an individual sport. Um, you know, there have been multiple instances of, got, you know, teammates fighting each other or, you know, even guys who have the same trainer in boxing that end up fighting each other. You know, I mean, it's just it's the business of the game. You know, if you want to progress your career, you're going to have to just take fights. You know, good. I I don't think that it's it's that he was upset that he was trying to sell the fight. I think he was upset that he was taking personal jabs at Chuck. Um, I think that's what upset him. And Chuck's such a like grounded person. And he's one of those people that's like, look, let's just fight. Like, we don't need to talk shit. Let's just fight. And Tito wanted to sell it because Tito didn't get hugged enough as a child. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's basically what he said yeah. in the opening. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, Tito. You're the only one whose parents ever did drugs in America. Way to grow up and be a dick. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> like, like, Chuck just wanted to fight. I think uh, Hackleman said that. He's like, Chuck just wants to fight. He doesn't care. And yeah. Tito just being a douche. Well, well and, and what I took away from it, because like, I, I didn't get into UFC stuff until way later, but what I took away from it was that Chuck was more about the sport and Tito was more about the business. Yeah. And that's what, that's all yep. it is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I also really dug how everybody, everybody was like, yeah, Tito's kind of stupid. Yes. Uh, yep. <laughs> yes. Like they did not use their words at all. No. About it. Especially Dana. Dana was like, he was so close to almost calling him the R word that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, it, it was, when, when, when Dana's trying to talk about him, he, you can see the gears turn and he's like, what word for idiot can I use to describe Tito Ortiz? You know, like, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that plays out pretty well because just look at Tito from the time he got big until now. It, his whole career is just a series of like speed bumps and stupidity. It's not even funny, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's, uh, um, you know, but yeah, I think Heather, you, you said it right. Like Tito was about the spectacle. Like he liked the, pers- he liked that, that 
Huntington Beach bad boy persona and, you know, the lifestyle and all that. And he didn't really give a shit about the sport the way Chuck did. Well, I think part of that, though, stems from when he was talking about when he was younger and how he was big into the WWF. Yeah. And then when he got to college and wrestled and they were like, what? No, 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 no. That's not what we're doing here. That's not what we do. So I think that's where that is rooted in, in in, he was such a big WWF fan that he carried that over to the UFC. Well, look at the time frame too, when Chuck and Tito are coming up, you're, you're, I'm gonna get nerdy wrestling nerdy here for a second. I'm not sorry. Um, (laughs) You are in the smack dab of the Monday night wars, which was the WCW and the WWF fighting for ratings and money for wrestlers was insane. Yeah. So he thought, I saw an interview with him a, a while ago, I remembered it watching this, where he contemplated going to the WWF, and an agent there was like, no, no, man, stay in the UFC, it's gonna kick off, I'm telling you, you'll make more money there. And he did, but he thought like, oh, well, that's what people want to watch, they want the pyro, and they want the attitude, and they want the promos, mm-hmm. which, if you were an yes, A, he's not wrong, he's not wrong at <laughs> no. the time. Mm-hmm. So... And he definitely brought some of that persona over. I mean, shit, now, I mean, now I'm I'm down for a good pyro show. Well, yeah, (laughs) I I mean, we've hit the point in UFC where Dana White's trying to exert more control. And because they have a corporate, you know, essentially partner in ESPN, you know, he he doesn't he's he's moved away from like the pyro and the big spectacle it wants to make it more, I, I guess, you know, you can't make it family friendly, but you can, I guess, uh, clean it up a bit, maybe is the best way to put it. Um, but it's fun when there's the pyro and the personalities and all that, you know, I, I really like that. Um, um, you know, so, but let, let's let's get into the, t- the actual fight. Oh, okay. The first one? All right. Yeah. Number one. Okay. Um, I think that showed you just how little Tito thought of Chuck because Chuck just fucking owned him. Oh, yeah. And it didn't look like Tito fucking trained the way he should have. 38 seconds. Yeah. He thought that he could just go out there and fucking throw himself at Chuck and he was going to win. Um, and it's like, nah, dude. No, motherfucker, that's not how that goes, man. You know, Chuck Chuck might have had the hardest right hand in the on the fucking planet for that for that like three year run yes. when he when he kicked it off with T- beating Tito and just went on that fucking you know that run as the lay heavyweight champ. You know, it yeah. just it was fucking nuts. Um, and then I really liked because I remember that like in my head seeing him cry in the ring. I'm like. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, I remember James and I have were having a conversation, and James was like, "Oh yeah, I know how that raining down right fist coming down on somebody." He's like, "That's that's one of my favorite moves." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and and like Chuck was able, like he threw from weird angles. Yes, he really did. So you were never able to properly defend yourself when Chuck was on his game. Mm-hmm. Like t- towards the end, you could tell Chuck was like a step behind everybody. Um, you know, but like for in that, you know, that what was it? Uh, three years, James, three, three and a half years where he, he had that. Yeah, nice, roughly. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, uh, 
the guy just was unstoppable, um, and you couldn't really prepare for him. I think that's what it was, is there was no one that could replicate his style for training. And yeah. um, I also kind of want to throw Tito a, a bone for crying in the ring. Fighting is such a, a emotional sport, and having a couple amateur fights myself, I understand that. And losing sucks. Yeah. And losing in front of people sucks even more. And I can only imagine if you talked a bunch of shit. So, well, um, see, that's why being in the 82nd Airborne is the best thing for you because you lose every day and it just becomes second nature, you know? And you don't have to cry anymore because you're dead inside. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just. Tito, uh, he, he was like a bigger BJ Penn for me. Like, he had all this talent and didn't do enough with it. And he had that yo-yo career where he'd go on a run and then he'd fall off the map. And he'd go on a run mm-hmm. and he'd fall off the map. Uh, and it's just like, dude, you, you you wasted prime years of your career trying to be Billy Badass and fight the boss. Um, See, I don't know. know if he wasted years. I, I took a little umbrage with the statement that Tito or that Chuck was clearing the way for Tito. And again, I went down a rabbit hole today. So I looked at the time period that Chuck and Tito were fighting that same period up to their first fight. And, you know, coming in, like you have Tito beating guys like, like where, okay, here we go. Sorry, I'm pulling up my notes. All right. Vander, he beat Vanderlei Silva. Mm-hmm. In, in Vanderlei, I'm not getting tested for anything prime. Yeah. He beat Evan Tanner with a slam. Yeah, I remember. He yeah. beat. He beat Vladimir Mutashenko when Vladimir was nasty. And then he loses he loses to Randy and loses to Chuck. Yeah. And I mean Chuck Chuck wasn't fighting bums either, but like don't say Tito wasn't fighting. Yeah. I mean Tito Tito was. Um but I mean I'm I'm sorry, name a light heavy or heavyweight in the UFC at the time. That could if if you matched him up against Couture four times, they'd have a chance of winning one. Uh Couture was just a amazing at both weight classes and there's a reason he's a hall of famer um you know but i just uh i i thought that first fight like tito had no shot like he looked lost in that 38 seconds and got caught you know it was fucking amazing because i i hate tito so (laughs) i definitely found myself on the side of chuck liddell in this i had no stake in it i didn't follow it back in the day but i definitely found myself liking liddell a lot more yeah i mean it's it's easy to like chuck more yeah um you know he he was like the quiet professional to tito's god whatever the fuck you want to call him outlandish (laughs) personality um can we talk about the outstanding healthy relationship that tito developed (laughs) with a certain (laughs) adult film actress Totally. Oh, Lord. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a completely healthy relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, very healthy. I I actually like Tito the fighter. I hate, but I can't imagine trying to have a career, um, and then finding out your wife who's pregnant with twins is pounding fucking opiates. Yeah. While she's pregnant, and did it until she was six months pregnant. Yo, and then she was downing it with one of my size bottle of wines yeah. that she mm-hmm. kept hidden between the bed and the uh, the bedside table. Yep. Yeah, and like, like wow. my god, 
you know, like I can't imagine having to wean newborns off. Oh God! Fucking opiates. Like, oh my God! And then she gets the kids out, goes to rehab. So there's Tito Ortiz trying to fucking dealing Place with two twins. Yeah, yeah, with two twins going through withdrawals. Like, dude, yeah. Jenna, Jenna Jameson, fuck yourself, okay? Like, Tito is an is a total dick as a fighter, but I'll give him, I'm gonna give him a props as a dad at least. Uh, like, you have to there. And yeah. Jenna, and Jenna, you're just a fucking detestable human being for doing that to your own fucking kids. I don't know if you uh, noticed when Dana was talking about Tito and Jenna's relationship, and he took a a little pause between. Uh, he said something like, "You know, Tito thought that Jenna was." accomplished in her yeah. career like it's like and i'm not talking down on the porn yeah. industry like they've got it's gotten to me through many a hard time god yeah. bless you all right but, <laughs> but you know not you know i wouldn't marry someone in that industry i'm just saying um yeah. i mean but the thing is we've seen it go hand in hand like it's like mma and um uh mma and and you know the porn industry kind of went hand in hand because you do see a lot of porn actresses that are actively involved with fighters, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it could be because it's based out of Vegas, you know, that that's kind of like the Mecca for MMA and, you know, it, it is what it is. But, um, you know, I, I just, you know, like I said, Tito Ortiz, the fighter can fuck himself, but I just, that woman, it's just an awful human being uh, for doing that to her own children. Um, you know, I just, that infuriates me. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, I'm glad that he and his children are in a, in a stable environment now. Um, you know, what I'm not happy about is that last year I had to watch Tito Ortiz fight in Bellator. Okay. That's what I'm upset about. (laughs) (laughs) I have been dreading all day talking about their third and final fight. Um, Matt and I talked about it a little earlier. Yeah, um, I am a fight fan. I've been a lifelong fight fan. Um, and there's nothing more that hurts my heart than watching a fighter past his prime. Yeah. Whether it's for money or because you can't let go of that. And, and winning in front of a crowd is exhilarating. When it's just you and one other person and it's combat, it is exhilarating. But, like, fuck, Chuck. You're killing me, brother. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you could even watch it in like the training videos. He yep. didn't have it. He did not have it. Um, no. You know, and then you just watch the clips from the fight that were in the documentary, and it's like, bro, why why are you in there right now? You know, it's a going back. Sorry. You know, well, and then he alludes to it. He even yeah. said it. I need this pay per view to get three hundred thousand buys for this to be worth it. Yep. And didn't it get like twelve thousand? It got twenty five thousand. Twenty five. Yeah. Uh, he was he was trying to set up, like I said earlier, his grandkids for life, and I I can respect that. Like if you told me, hey, look, go out here, get punched in the face for five minutes, and you'll be a millionaire, your kids will be a millionaire, and your grandkids will be a millionaire. Well, then I'm taking it on the chin for five minutes. Yeah. You know, but the issue you can pay is, to have it fixed, babe. Yeah. yeah, you can pay to have it fixed. I, I mean, the the issue is though is that De La Hoya didn't do a payout. Like he tied mm-hmm. everything to pay per view sales. So, oh God, and you are talking about somebody that looked awful. Ugh. 
Well, I mean, that's what happens when, like, you're a raging alcoholic for about 15 years after you're done fighting, and then you, you know. Um, But, you know, he managed, he got two of the biggest names in MMA history, you know, to to get in a cage on one of his cards and pay them nothing. Like, he he paid them nothing. You know, no lump payment. Um, You know, we're going to tie this to the pay-per-view buys. It's going to sell great. People are going to pay to watch you guys. No, we're not. We're not going to. I think the problem there is that it wasn't, it was him bullshitting them saying people are going to watch this, but 99% of everyone else was like, don't go watch this. Yeah. Don't support this. I don't know how this is getting sanctioned. Don't do that. I remember when that happened and every, every, like every MMA fight website, everything was like, what are they doing? Yeah. uh, Ariel Hilwani. Uh, wrote a really great article about why no one should watch that. Yep. Um, you know, and no, uh, no I mean, the, those 25,000 people that bought it, I imagine were probably just hardcore fans like we are, James, and, and mm-hmm. wanted to see the spectacle of the third fight, you know? Like, you know, it's just, it's disappointing. You know, I'm glad Liddell just did the one-off. And yeah. Did, and didn't do like Tito did, who turned that win into... A multi-fight contract in Bellator, you know, and it's just like, why are you still, you know, again, why, why are you doing this, Tito? You know, um, I, it's he he look he's I, I, he doesn't look rampage bag, you know, because rampage has looked like shit oh, yeah. uh, the last couple of years, but like he's almost there, like he's almost at that level, you know, and it's just like just hang it up, man. You you could move into you know, uh, announcing or, or, you know, calling, you know, pre-fight stuff or whatever the hell it is, you know, and, and, and make a great career out of that. You know, you Mm -hmm. can, he can do it. You know, he's technical enough to, to break that side down and he's got the personality and, you know, fuck it. Why not? You know, I'll tell you right right. now, I would rather, I would rather listen to Tito break a fight down than Cormier because Cormier is kind of boring. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Leave DC alone. All right. All right. Well, let's get final thoughts on uh, Chuck and Tito. Let's start with Heather. You know what? I actually really enjoyed this um, because I I went into it completely blind. I knew nothing about it. Like I had heard their names and I knew what they did, but I didn't know like the story behind it or whatever. And then um, I watched it and then. And like um, James and I kind of sync watched it, you know, together. And and it was really interesting because, you know, like he had all of this knowledge of like the history of it and remembering these certain fights and all of that. And so, um, yeah, I actually really enjoyed this one. I thought the storytelling was really well done. Um, and from what I understand that um, from what I read that, Tito was actually like really happy with how it turned out because he felt like both he and Chuck kind of got to like tell the truth and have it mm. not get twisted around because of Dana. Yeah, it wasn't and put through the Dana lens. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't put through the Dana lens. And and I can definitely see that. And yeah, I, I did. I actually really liked it. I, I thought it was really entertaining and the story was great. And so, yeah. I liked it, Mac. Uh, I, it just it made me mis- it made me very nostalgic, like very very nostalgic. Um, 
because I, you know, I, I was just such a big Liddell fan. I loved Chuck Liddell, you know, and then like that war with Tito was, was a great, you know, and going back to those when UFC was really fun, you know, like it, it was, it was super fun. I still enjoy the sport now and I'll still watch the shit out of it, but it's not as fun because you don't have a lot of those characters anymore. Um, you know, Dana has essentially snuffed out self-expression outside of guys wearing hats after after a fight, you know, like, or, or holding a monster can when they're talking to people, you know. But uh, I, I just, it, it was, it was a, a nice throwback. Um, I really thought the, you know, the director did a very good job tying his interviews together with, with footage. Um, and, you know, I also commend them for getting Dana White to sit down and do a fucking documentary. Mm-hmm. Be- because getting Dana behind a microphone or in front of a TMZ ca- uh, camera, like, he'll run his goddamn mouth. But getting him to sit down and actually do an interview, uh, okay. I mean, that, that's a small miracle in itself. So I tip my cap to the team. But, yeah, I, en- I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun watching it. James? So I have two two final points. Um, the fir- well, first one is a, a question. Um, so at the beginning of the documentary, Chuck's at a movie premiere. Did y'all happen to catch what movie that was? No. Nope. So I feel like it was mentioned. It wasn't because I watched it again uh, today. Um, it was the, called The Silencer, starring Johnny Messenger, Danny Trejo, Chuck Liddell, and I love this Tito Ortiz. <laughs> Oh, which, that's great. Which takes me to my point. My last point is that what I love about the end of it is Chuck and Tito burying the hatchet after that last fight. Yeah. You talk to any fighter, any fight, like, okay, so like 90% of fighters that get in there and go to absolute war with someone, you build this bond with them that it, it can't be built anywhere else. It, it can't. And when you get in front of someone and punch each other in the face or try to, rip an arm off or choke someone out, it, it builds a bond that you just can't get. And through all the shit talking, through all the, you know, I'm going to fuck you up, all the shit people say, like, at least in MMA, um, I won't speak for boxing, but I'll speak MMA, um, the majority of fighters at the end of the fight will hug their opponent and say, hey, man, that was a yeah. good fight. And I think finally at the end of that, I really did like seeing Chuck and Tito hugging and burying the hatchet, um, acknowledging the sacrifice that they made um, for the sport. Cause they did, yeah. there, there wouldn't be the juggernaut UFC today without Chuck and Tito. And it, it did again, like you said, Mac, maybe very nostalgic, um, to watch that. Cause I, I remember watching all those fights and I loved them and it was just good to see, see them bury the hatchet. Yeah. I mean, I doubt they're sending Christmas cards to each other, but at least they're not <laughs> shit talking each other in the press anymore. You know, like that's, nope. that's, that's a positive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say this, uh, it was pretty enjoyable, even for me as a non-UFC fan. Uh, sooner or later, I have a feeling you guys are going to convert me to a fan of the sport. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, as you, as you should be. It's yeah. it's slowly getting more and more interesting to me. Uh, but that's that's really all I have to say about it. Well, you know what, man? We'll get you there, Tim. It's 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 a beautiful sport. It's a brutal sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's. Like when you get into it, that's it. Like you're hooked. It's like it's it's crack for the sports world. It really yeah. is. You know. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. You can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in the conversation at our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash hometown crowd pod. 
Uh, you can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. And if you're an Apple listener, drop us a review. We will read it on the air. You can find us on the hometown on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows. That's just my face. Dead Girls Talking and the show I have with my wife, Marital Tiffs. For Mac and Heather and James, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. Later, everyone. Bye, everyone. And wear your mask and don't yell at somebody if they ask you to wear a mask. Because seriously, it's we're just the messenger. We didn't make the rules. Just wear your fucking mask. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not having college football because you assholes who aren't wearing fucking exactly. masks. Exactly. Thanks a lot. But you know what? That's okay because LSU gets to keep the trophy for one more year. So that's fine. Word. But still wear your mask. Still <laughs> wear have your a mask. good night.